Welcome to Younger and Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here at the studios of Relate365.com. And I'm with Matthew today. And uh, if you haven't heard the first episode we did together, I invite you to go to Relate365.com and download it. And we're going to continue our discussion as an older guy, myself, and a younger guy, Matthew. That's me. And there's, um, there's stuff that everybody has in common regardless of your age. And there's experiences that are unique to every age. So the fun part is talking about them and accepting the differences and understanding that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever and can meet your needs no matter what age you are and what you're involved in. Um, maybe the methods will change, but God hasn't changed. Matthew, you actually grew up somewhere. I did. I grew up in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. You did. You know, I always thought of Rhinelander because I used to go up there to a camp and um uh, the guy that started that was my dad's Sunday school teacher. So I had uh, uh, some ties up, up there. Sure. But I didn't think real people lived up there because I was from Chicago. I thought that's just a, a like an area that, you know, cavemen live or something. And it, they come out once in a while, maybe in the summer, and they all go hide the rest of the year. My so, college roommates told me that it was Alaska, so I can relate to that. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's just interesting because if you grew up in a city, you you can't fathom the open area. You, you can't. You, no. I, I could reach out my bedroom window and grab the guy next door if I wanted to out of his house. See, I know. went the opposite way, though, too, because I can't fathom being so enclosed in the city. Yeah. I feel, feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, it's funny because that, that's exactly, you get used to something. That's why Christian camping was so valuable for me as I grew up. When I came up to a place like Silver Birch Ranch, it's like, wow. I mean, this is at the edge of the wilderness. And, and then I built a house eventually at the edge, and so I've been living there for 40 years right next to the wilderness. So now I can't imagine living in Chicago. It, that's weird, but that's, that's how life goes. That is quite a transition. Yeah, memories growing up. Memories uh, affect your behavior, do you think? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, do they affect them in a positive or a negative way? Well, I mean, it could be either, but... Ultimately, God uses all things, even the wicked, according to his purpose, for our good and his glory, right? Okay. So memories growing up, your, did, were your mom and dad together? Did they yeah. stay married? Yep, they're still married. Um, they're, okay. they're still in Rhinelander. Um, you know, used, we lived a uh, pretty typical Rhinelander life. I don't know what that means. Hunting and fishing and um, probably causing some mischief along okay. the way, but... So you like to hunt still and fish? And... Oh, yes. Some of now, you have stuff. some food allergies, though, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thankfully, not to fish or deer. Okay. <laughs> so what? Yeah, how, how did that happen? Is it all of a sudden one day you thought, I'm not well, I can't eat this? Or how do you how'd you figure this oh, out? Oh, man. Well, it's one of those weird things. So I, um, I have a – I'm allergic to all grasses, and that includes, like, the wheat oats of course normal stuff like that but also rice and corn even and all corn byproducts so basically anything that you like to eat i probably can't okay um and then if some weird stuff too like ragweed but it's also the ragweed families so sunflower and all that fun stuff too and i knew that i was allergic to this stuff real young um but you know back in the turn of the you know right y2k nobody was really talking about food allergies like they are now not about what they're putting into your body right um, 
And so nobody ever thought to say, hey, you're allergic to all these things. You probably shouldn't eat them. And um, I got actually confused because I have a history of epilepsy. And so I had thought all of my life that all the headaches I had every single day were just, you know, just a, a product of my epilepsy. And that just really wasn't the case. Still have epileptic headaches, but my headaches, 95% of them were just because I was eating stuff that I shouldn't. Now, let me ask you something here because you're sparking my thought process. Uh-oh. You you are an epileptic. I am. Uh, you take medicine for it today? I don't. You no. don't? Okay. But you do have tendencies to have that. Um, I have not had a seizure in, man, more than a decade now. Okay. Glory be to God. And uh, how old are you? I am 29. All right. So since 19. Uh Let's see. I'm trying to think. Or even since your high school days. Yeah, since high school. It was it was before that. I'm probably I'm probably pushing closer to 15 years now. Well, actually, good for you. Now you're and you're allergic to like a lot of things. A lot. Yep. Um, and you believe God loves you. Oh yes. <laughs> but He allows you all these pains. How can He love you and allow these pains in life? You're you're not normal. Well never claim to be normal no you're not but I, 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 I mean do you ever look at God and say why don't you love me a little bit more and make it so that I I don't have these problems it gets hard um, it I remember when I really like found out that the problems I was having was because of my allergies and I had to cut out all these foods and this wasn't you know this was just a handful of years ago that we, we finally made this connection and uh, I'll tell you what the hardest part was true Wisconsinite uh, it was the Friday fish fry and the sure. cheese curds. I, was right. like, that, whew, I almost broke down right there in front of my wife. That yeah. was a rough one. Yeah. Um, but overall, no. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like it um, – I don't know. I just – I grew up thinking, you know, believing that God was real. And um, while that always didn't always look the way that it looks today and – in my head and in my heart, it didn't really change the fact that, you know, God is, God is in creation. God is in, you know, in power over all creation, and I'm, I am part of that ultimately. And you do know, you think He has a plan for why you are the way you are? Certainly, either God is, either God is sovereign or He's not. Have you, you figured know? out what the plan is yet? Uh, no, no, um, working on it, but and it doesn't bother you. Nah, I um. Again, it's one of those things that you have to kind of really come to. It, it's it's not an overnight shift. Um, right. There have there are obviously times when we can point to things in our lives when something happens and you're like, yeah, that obviously can't do that anymore. Um, and you know, it was um, it was uh, a struggle giving off foods and stuff like that. But after a while, too, like. Um, you know, you realize you begin to associate the, you know, the foods that you're eating and stuff like that with the pain that you feel afterwards sure. and the allergic reactions. And man, I, I really don't want it anymore. Even the idea of some of it just kind of honestly makes me a little queasy at times just thinking about yeah. what it actually is. Um, but ultimately, too, like I don't I don't need any of that. You know, I don't need oreos to feel satisfied in life you know well circumstances and feelings don't create truth that's true so what you need to do is first know the truth and and then the circumstances and the feelings have to fit within it 
Mm-hmm. Um, We're not and, outside of it. No. You know, I almost anybody you talk to can focus on the things in life that don't work for them. I mean, yeah. almost anybody. I, I'm allergic to the lake. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a swimmer in high school. I am a swimmer. I, when I was younger, I said, God, really? Allergic to the lake. Yeah, if I dive in the lake, my eyes swell shut, my, my, my head gets all stuffed up, I can get a fever. I mean, I'm allergic to the lake. Mm-hmm. And I've been made fun of more by that because people, and you are not, they tell me. You can't be allergic to water. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not allergic to water. I'm allergic to lakes, rivers, bodies of water. Right. I mean, I can drink water. I just can't. I can take a shower. But I can't go swimming. Not all water was created. Yeah, it's the just same. really weird in that sense. I also am narcoleptic and a bunch of other things that our listeners already know. But what's really interesting is it, I hope this would help you because the thing that's helped me along the way tremendously is not only knowing the truth that God did never make a mistake, that He that He loves me tremendously, mm-hmm. that He uses circumstances to to actually make and mold and give opportunity. But but I used to um, I hate jigsaw puzzles. I hate them. <laughs> And the reason I hate them is because it's my personality, I understand. I cannot figure out why somebody took a good picture, put it into a thousand pieces, and wants you to put it back together. Or why that would be fun to do so. Exactly. So I have no desire in my life to do jigsaw puzzles. None. Zero. Zip. So when I look at life, though, what I see is that God gave me a jigsaw puzzle life. I call it jigsaw puzzle theology. Ooh. And so what happens, it's not in the Bible, don't look it up, but what happens, I think, is he gives me one piece at a time, and I don't have the cover, he does. Sure. But they all fit eventually. And and, and what I have to do is wait until I get the other pieces for it to fit together. And one day, I promise you, it will fit mm-hmm. if I'm patient and I wait. And if I'm not throwing pieces around and forcing pieces in where they don't belong, and you know, I mean, every single human that ever lived can look back at their life. I can look, my dad died at 60 years old of a heart attack real quickly. My mom died slowly. You can look at these things and go, okay, God, where's that piece go? Why, why that piece? Right. It doesn't seem to fit the rest of them, you know? And then God might look at me and say, it doesn't seem to fit the picture you made. But the picture I have in front of me, it fits. Well, that's the trick, though. We're all trying to remake our lives and our worlds in our own image. Exactly. So these experiences from time you're young, epileptic, whatever, you know, for me, whatever, they they shape us and form us. Were you ever bullied? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was anyone ever not bullied? I don't think so. I don't don't either. I don't know anyone that wasn't at some time. Yeah. It's just... One of those things, I think, when I hear people being real upset about bullying, now it's like, yeah, that's not a new problem. Yeah, it's been around for quite a while. Yeah, I think uh, Cain and Abel had a problem. Uh, you know, all the way back then, yeah, there was a problem, and it's never stopped. So I think we need to teach people how to go through that, but not, not mm-hmm. be totally in despair because of it. I mean, God is refining us through those fires and through those trials. And I told a, I told a, a couple of my friends, um, just a week or two ago that you know one of the things you have to realize about um, these trials and things that you that might seem disappointing to you is that it's all it's all done because God is trying to you know mold you into his image and he's trying to soften your heart um, into the likeness of Christ's heart you know right and you know sometimes it feels like 
he's softening your heart with a sledgehammer or something like that. Right. But the trick is, is that our goal in life, especially as Christians, is not to make it at the end of our life with an uninfringed heart, an unoppressed heart from these trials. You know what I mean? It's your goal is to have a uh, a heart so imprinted by these trials that it is permanently softened. Right. You know, it just it's a bit different. Well, you've you've had certain experiences in life that have been very positive and and obviously some negative ones. Uh, you, you you when you think back on your family. Yeah. Your your mom, your dad. Yeah. What what things do you gain strength from when you think backwards? What what there's some parents listening now and they're saying, "I wonder if my when my kid hits, you know, late 20s, yeah. if he would feel this way. What what positive things do you remember growing up?" Um you know, a few things that really stood out to me, stand out to me today still is um, the time that my dad took to um, just uh, be present and take me out and do those things that, you know, I grew up doing, and hunting and fishing. And, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something, my dad's not the type of person to, you know, talk about religion or anything like that. Um, but it was still one of those things that it formed me because, you know, where you spend your time and the things you spend your time doing, they, it's your mind space. And, you know, that turns into, you know, what your heart is kind of reflecting to. And, um, you know, I wasn't really going to church growing up or anything like that, but I was out and I was out in God's creation and, um, you know, his invisible attributes, they're so clear, you know, I, so that's, that's certainly good. So you felt loved and wanted by your dad. I certainly did, yeah. And and that it, any dad that's listening, that's a valid question to ask your kids in some way, shape, or form. Do you feel that I love you and want you, not just care for you, yeah. not just provide for you? Do you feel like I want to be with you and and enjoy who you are? Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, I think you know you need to readjust your life because you might be sending signals that you don't want to send. Right uh, to kids, and and as I talked to you, my dad same way. I mean, my dad, uh, you know, he believed in me. Yeah, and and for me that was huge. He let me make mistakes, and people who have listened to younger, older know that. And I'm going to focus more on your life right now than mine because we've talked about that before. Sure, but it is very um, powerful to have a dad who understands his role as a mentor and as somebody to demonstrate to that child the importance. Uh, that they play in the world in which they live, there's nobody that can take the place of a dad. Definitely. Nobody. And in fact, I'll give you my theory, which I have no way to back up. Deal. My theory is that since a mom, moms actually have this really weird connection with all their kids, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. It's it's really a super kind of natural connection. But I think it's because the child was a part of them. A child grew inside of them. Sure. You didn't grow inside your dad. You grew inside your mom. And mom has this really innate connection, this this connection with you somehow. But dad, from day one, he was the outsider. You got to try at that one. Yeah. You, that, one, that one means a significant amount. When my mom would, you know, goo and go over me, whatever, it's like, yeah, you're supposed to. You're a mom. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but dad, yeah. you know, that's a different story. 
and I th- it, that's my own theory. I, I can't find it anywhere that that's a- absolute. But I've I've watched enough moms who are so totally connected to their kids, and I've seen kids just desire their dad's attention. Mm-hmm. And mom will give them attention, but they want their dads. Yeah. Moms don't get upset by that. You know, don't be jealous and say, "Oh, you know, he just wants your." No, we're wired to want our dad's attention. I think. Yeah, I think that that's true. So it's healthy. So do it. And if if you're finding kids that don't have dads, step step up and be their dad. I mean, they they need men in their life that act like men. They just need that. That's true. Yeah, other positive memories: your mom, your dad, your family. You have uh, brothers and sisters. I have um, an older sister. You get along yeah. with her? Yeah, for the most part. Okay. Um, you know, she we she lives uh, down in Nebraska, so we don't see each other too much. But um, you know, she had some um, she had some health problems too, actually, while we were growing up, and so we bonded over that, um, okay. which is an unfortunate way, I'm sure, for my parents Rhineland to look at to their Nebraska. Nebraska, you can see the whole state from one spot. I know, I don't get it. Okay, just wondering. <laughs> 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 I know people that listen to us in Nebraska just shut off their podcast. Yeah, right I'm now. sorry, I guys. Yeah. <laughs> I just like trees. Yeah. Um, you know, and for my mom too, you know, my mom, like you said, that innate connection, you're like, I, I don't, there's, I can't prove that theory either, but it stands true with my mom. Like there is, there is a connection there, you know, like, um, certainly, you know, something you just don't even have to hardly try at. You right. know what I mean? Um, she was invested in you for, for nine months. You yeah. were actually, <laughs> yeah. you were quite invested in her. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and I see that play out all the time. Uh, the moms seem to be so nurturing yeah. and so in tune even with their children where a dad can, oh, he'll get over it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. It's like, yeah, there's a difference in how they treat each other. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. I don't want to even say it, it's different. And sure. I think it's needed. And that's why when fathers are absent, there's a problem. Yeah. You know, and um, looking at my looking at me versus my sister you know my dad he did a he did a good job at like taking an interest um in both but you know as a kid we you know as kids we took trips and stuff like that and i think that my sister um kind of latched on to my parents interest in traveling and so she's gone abroad multiple 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 times and then of course now she's down in nebraska too whereas me you know not only doing the stuff with my dad that i did but when i was growing up you know he was working for the forest service and so it just I don't know. When I got engaged, you know, my wife asked me where I wanted to live, and I was very quick, uh, very quick to tell her no further south than Green Bay. Yeah, you know, it yeah. was it's just completely different kind of mind frame. But uh, it's interesting to see how that all stems from the same place. So yeah, when I was uh, dating my wife, she had told me that she always dreamt about living in either um, Colorado or Wisconsin. Mm. And I said, well, that works. Wisconsin to me was the Colorado of the Midwest. It, it doesn't have the mountains, but it's got a lot of the similar trees and a lot of you know yeah. d- uh, different things. Just no mountains. And I know Colorado people say no, it's not. Yeah, I've been both. It's just we don't have the mountains. It's pretty much we have the aspen trees. We call them poplar. We call them quaking aspen, whatever you want to call them. But mm-hmm. they're still here, and uh, we still have the winters, and we still have a lot of the other things. Just no big hills. You know, to play on. Not quite um, that big. Yeah. But it is, it's fun to look back on life and say, you know, this is what worked. Yeah. We tend to look back on life and see and get uh, crippled by things that didn't work. Yeah. 
think that that's true. We focus on the wrong thing. Man, everybody, everybody's done some real boneheaded things in their life. Who hasn't? Yeah. So you want to focus on that. You can, and you can say, okay, I'll never be okay because of it. How do people, how would somebody, do you think, get over the idea that they grew up, let's say they grew up in a situation different than yours, different than mine. Sure. Their parents were, were abusive. Their parents were, they, they've never really seen a loving home. Sure. And they're scarred because of it, which I understand. What What do you do to help them? What do you think you could even talk to them about? Any any ideas? Well, you know, we had obviously mentioned multiple times that um, a father has to, seems to really have to work at, um, you know, investing in his children. Um, and regardless of what your home life grew, like, looked like growing up, like, we all have a father that invested in us beyond imagination, you know, our God and our God in heaven, you know, he not only, you know, not only created this entire world complete with those Aspens and these hills and those mountains, right. but, um, you know, he gave his, his son to die for you. He, you know, God became flesh so that he could pay the penalty that we all, that we all deserve so that we would have eternal life in him and have a place to go when we die and, yeah. um, that we could be restored in relationship with him, um, in a way that we, you know, we're completely forsaking. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, for me to think of somebody stiff arming God and he gives you the opportunity right now because he loves you to say no to him. But why? Why would you? Because he's offering you a different life than one of rejection. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's so different. Here's what's really cool. And I know you've heard me talk about this, but the really cool thing is God doesn't need us. He wants us. Mm -hmm. And when you think about his parents, as a parent, I didn't really need my children. No. The cool part is you want them. Mm -hmm. And that's what they feel when they see you. You want them, not that you need them. If you're trying to make some young person um, work to get your love so that they're, you know, they, they have to feel needed and you're doing things so that they have to feel needed, then you're doing them a tremendous disservice because they will never, ever, ever be okay at that point because you can't live your life saying, I need to live in a way where people need me yeah. because the truth is nobody needs you. That is the truth. When you boil it down, I mean, right now, if you think about it, I've been married 40 years. My wife does not need me. If I don't, if I fall over dead here, we're doing the, this podcast, she will be able to make supper. Yeah. She'll be able to pay her bills. She'll be able to get up the next day, make her, I, she doesn't need me for any of that. The only one she needs is the one who made that day possible. Exactly. And that's the really cool thing is that the problem with us setting up a system of need is that we're trying to take God's place. He's the only one that's needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's the one that wants. And so what, what I need to do is want the people around me. I need to want their love. I need to want you work here at Silver Trance. I need to want you here to have your talents used. To have your. If you came to me and said, you know, if I leave, you're in trouble, I would laugh at you. Yeah. And not because I was being rude, but because it's so bizarre to me. Yeah. You're not needed to do your job. Oh, well, I don't feel needed. My first response is, you're not. And I'm not. However, you're wanted. 
that's what's different mm -hmm. about healthy people. And if you're a young person and you have not experienced that, I'm telling you, that's where health lies. And what you need to do is go find an elderly couple that love each other and would want you and just watch their example. Just watch it because that's how you get reprogrammed. You, you don't – have you ever um, – you know, if you take like a glass of water and you just put dirt in it and fill it with water and I offered it you know, to drink, okay. it, you would think, no, thank you. I'll, I'll die if I drink that. Okay, you're not a tree, so you're not going to drink it. Um, there's several ways that you could get the dirt out of there, though. You know, and, uh, so I'm not talking about filters or anything else. The easiest way is to take that cup of water and just keep pouring pure water into it. Just keep pouring it in. Just keep pouring. It'll come over the edges. Just keep pouring it. Just keep pouring it. It will never get to where the dirt is gone, but it'll get to where you can drink it. Yeah. And the dirt won't affect you. And and for those who grew up in situations where they have so much stain in their life, so much dirt in their lives, you know what? I, I encourage you to keep filling your life with what's right right now. Just finding people who love each other, who love God. Fill your life with what's right, what God's doing, what, what people around you who love God are doing. When you do that, I'm not telling you that the dirt in your life will ever disappear. But it won't control you either, and it won't hurt you anymore. Right. But if you keep filling it with garbage, you're not going to get that. I mean, you live your life thinking that you have other needs and you start to use that as a rubric for the rest of your life too. Right. In the same way as, you know, not only with parents, but with those health issues, whatever it may be. You know, if you feel like you need to not have health issues, if you feel like you need to be able to eat cheese curds, right? That's, that is a problem. And yeah. ultimately what you're doing is when you say that you need something other than God, other than Christ, yeah. what you're doing is you're essentially establishing a new moral value that is completely based on you who would, you know, which as we established is not needed. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's very interesting because someone like you or me, we grew up and really our parents were nice to us. Yeah. So we have these other diseases. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> can't get away unscathed. That Dave. worked out. Okay. But that's not working out so well. And, and then you get people who have a rough home life, but they don't have any allergies to food. So, or epilepsy. So you, tell you, there's problems in the world everywhere. No matter where you look. The thing that you want to be able to do is is understand what truth is, respond to it, enjoy God. Just enjoy Him. And in the process, understand you're wanted, not needed. Act like you're wanted, not needed. And I'm telling you, in time, if you keep filling your head with what's right, if you keep doing it, I can never promise that you won't have that stain somewhere. But I can promise you that it won't be something that debilitates you anymore because you keep filling things with truth. And it's important that uh, we have truth. Uh, I invite those that are listening to go to Relate365.com and check out all the different podcasts you can have there. There's some three-minute devotional. There's nighttime things to help you sleep. There's this one. I also want you to go to wolfriverrefuge.org and uh, check uh out the offerings there to come up and, and spend time with us. If you're a college student or you know someone who's in college, check out the NicolayBibleInstitute.org. 
we'd love to have you come and serve side by side with us. And, and Matthew, myself, and the others are all involved in, in that exercise. So look forward to serving you. I'm Dave Wager, here with Matthew, thanking you for listening to Younger Older, coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com. Goodbye for now.